chapter 28, we'll read verses 14 through 23. Isaiah 28, verses 14 through 23. Wherefore, hear the word of the Lord, ye scornful men, that rule this people which is in Jerusalem. Because ye have said, we have made a covenant with death, and with hell we are in agreement. When the overflowing scourge shall pass through, it shall not come unto us. For we have made lies our refuge, and under falsehood have we hid ourselves. Therefore thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. Now this is, of course, with reference to Jesus Christ. Judgment also will I lay to the line, and the righteous shall, uh, and the righteousness, and righteousness to the plummet. And hell shall sweep away the refuge of lies, and water shall overflow the hiding place. And your covenant with death shall be disannulled. I want you to see that the second time that that is a uh, their agreement with death. And made covenant with death, and then withheld their agreement. And with and, and and your agreement with hell shall not stand. When the overflowing scourge shall pass through, uh, when ye shall be trodden down by it. For the time that it goeth forth, it shall take you. From morning by morning shall it pass over, by day and by night. And it shall be a vexation only to hear the report. For the bed is shorter than a man can stretch himself upon it, and the covering narrower than he can wrap himself in it. For the Lord will rise up as in Mount Perazim. He shall be wroth as in the valley of Gibeon, that he may do his work, his strange work, and bring to pass his act, his strange act. Now therefore be ye not mockers, lest your bands be made strong. For I have heard from the Lord of hosts a consumption even determined upon the uh, whole earth. Um, Give ye ear and hear my voice. Hearken and hear my speech. All right, let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the many blessings that you've given to us and how you've loved us and taken care of us and given us all the things that we need and even more. We thank you for the freedoms that we do have still. And we do thank you for the ability to be able to gather together and to be able to preach the gospel freely without persecution. We thank you, dear God, for uh, providing for food and uh, we, we thank you for those people that are overseas that are, are preaching the gospel, the, the missionaries that have gone out. We ask for your blessing upon all of them. And dear God, we pray that you meet with us now and uh, meet the need of each person's heart and that your Holy Spirit would be here present with us. We do pray for the soon return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we pray for the independence of Texas. And we ask this in Jesus' name. All right, now, I'm going to preach on the cult of death. The cult of death. They said that they had an agreement with death, a covenant with uh, death, and an agreement with hell. That no matter what they did, they weren't going to suffer those things. So the, the, these people think that they can make an agreement that God can't break. Now the Bible says, though hand join with hand, the wicked shall not be unpunished. And he said that the hell would, break, uh, would destroy the refuge of lies. These people have made a refuge of lies, and they've made a cult of death, and they think that nothing's going to happen to them. They make rules for you to live by that they don't live by. You know, you're going to get sick and die from coronavirus, but we won't. You see what I mean? All right, now let's look in Jeremiah chapter 7. Jeremiah chapter 7, 29 to 31. I'm going to read a few uh, passages here. 
And then uh, I'll go into the preaching, Jeremiah 7. There's a cult of death in this nation. People talk about life. They want to get rid of the death penalty. They want to, uh, but then they want to kill the elderly. They want to get rid of the death penalty. They want to kill the unborn. You know, they want to save criminals and kill the innocent. Jeremiah 7, 29 through 31. Cut off thine hair, O Jerusalem, and cast it away. Take up a lamentation on high places, for the Lord hath rejected and forsaken the generation of his wrath. For the children of Israel, no, Nick, look up here. For the children of Judah have done evil in my sight, saith the Lord. They have set their abominations in my house, which is called my, my name, to pollute it. And they have built the high places of Tophet, which is in the valley of the son of Hinnom, to burn their sons and their daughters in the fire, which I commanded them not, neither came it into my heart. Therefore, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that it shall no more be called Tophet, nor the valley of the son of Hinnom, but the valley of slaughter, for they shall bury it Tophet till there be no place. You see that? They're killing their sons and their daughters by passing them through the fire. That's Moloch. You know, one of the most common ways of killing an unborn baby is with salt water. Now, salt burns their flesh. Burns baby flesh? Mm-hmm. And, uh... Not adult flesh. Well, if you got enough salt water on you, it'd burn you. If you had enough salt. Uh, but it, it burns. It burns. And they, they, uh, they have done sonograms where they show the baby showing pain. They call those... Um, films the silent scream and uh, they made that it, they do feel pain and agony and yet they're worried about um, these same people that advocate abortion are worried about whether or not a fish feels pain because a fish doesn't you know, get that hook in them they don't feel pain because their nervous system is different than ours yet they're worried about that they're worried about fish or something like that feeling pain but they don't care about whether a, a baby feels pain or not let's look in Proverbs chapter 6 so, the killing of them. Nick, Joe, if you do that one more time. Uh, Proverbs chapter 6. Sixteen through nineteen. Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. It says, um, These six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that sin, sh shed innocent blood, and heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, and feet that be swift in running to mischief. A false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among brethren. So you look at this, uh, all these things lead to death. You know, a proud look. These are people that think they're better than other people because they have a higher morality, and their morality is better than yours. It's, we accept the homosexual as he is. We don't try to persecute the homosexual, so we are better than you. We don't tell the homosexual that what they're doing is sinful and wicked. So these, therefore, they don't have a, 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 a 
persecution complex and, and commit suicide. You people that are preaching against him do. See that what I'm saying? They have a higher morality than God. Now, I'm, not for, I'm not advocating any violence against any person uh, for how they live or whatever. But by the same token, you cannot back down from the Bible and tell them that what they're doing is all right because it is not all right. Yet they have a higher morality. So the proud look. Um, uh, where was I at? Um, 16. Okay. Uh, uh, a lying tongue. They just get on there and tell lies. The Bible says their tongue walks throughout the world. That's the media. They just get out there and they tell lies. And you have to believe what they say because they have said it. it they don't like to be verified as to what, whether or not they're telling the truth. Hands that shed innocent blood, we've discussed that. And a heart that devises wicked imaginations. Uh, they, they, uh, what the plans they have in store for you are incredible. Feet that be swift in running to mischief. That's uh, these um, uh, crowds in the street that are rioting and, and disrupting and destroying. A false witness that speaketh lies. The Bible says that's not bear false witness against their neighbor. And if you're one section of the country is speaking evil of another section of the country, they're bearing false witness against their neighbors. And he that soweth discord among brethren. So you got a certain group of people that are going around getting people that should be in one accord. They're trying to sow discord among them. And when they do that, then that makes people... Uh, culminates in fighting and death. All right, Proverbs 26, 17 through 20. Proverbs 26. Look up here. Proverbs 26, 17 through 20. He that passeth by and meddle with strife not belonging to him is like one that taketh a dog by the ears. A madman who casteth firebrand arrows, as a madman that casteth firebrands arrows in death, so is a man that deceiveth his neighbor and says, Am not I in sport? Oh, I was just joking, and they weren't. Where no wood is, there the fire goeth out, so where there is no tailbearer, strife ceases. You got these tailbearers going back and forth, back and forth, day and night. I am amazed, I never saw this growing up, where politicians go back and forth uh, calling each other names. Now they might say something about this man's policy, and if this person had done something, they would bring up the, the, the deed he had done. But just to say, well this person is of that, this person is of this, and, you know, and using uh, horrible profanity than only the worst sort of people in in this nation used. These people are doing it freely on the air, and these are people that are elected officials and supposed to be examples. No uh, wonder so many people cuss. Yes. And uh, the Bible says God puts the basest men in charge, that, so the basest is the most common. That's who he puts in charge of a nation. All right, now we got all this established. we got a cult of death. People that are um, 
shedding blood and sowing discord. We've got people that are murdering the innocent, and we've got people that are saying, uh, uh, going back and forth, uh, making the strife worse by uh, uh, being a tailbearer. That's the news media. Okay, so what we got, first of all, we got these people that meddle in other people's affairs. Now, whenever this nation was set up, you say, well, you shouldn't be preaching on politics. The Bible says the church is the pillar and ground of the truth. The Revolutionary War was started because preachers started preaching against tyranny. The Second War of Independence was fought because we, the preachers were preaching against tyranny. And the preacher doesn't say anything. Who's going to know the truth? You're certainly not going to get the truth from the news. You're not going to get it from a politician. All they care about is ratings and sales and uh, staying in power. Money. Not in money. Yeah, that's all they care about. And then being able to have more control. Then it gets to a point where money doesn't matter anymore. Then it becomes power. All right? Because nobody that get, has gotten the job of the president in the last uh, six elections has earn more money by becoming the president. They take a step down in money. They're there for the power. Jack Wood pointed that out. But the first the thing we like, I'd like to say, they meddle in other people's affairs. They go to a section of the country that has nothing to do with them. Every, na every state is allowed to make their own laws within certain restrictions. There's a few restrictions that are put on them uh, in the Constitution, but everything else is the, uh, the uh, job of the state to do. It's not the job of the federal government to tell them that their laws are wrong. You say, who should support Texas independence? Preachers should support Texas independence. You say, why? Because of Roe versus Wade. Was Roe versus Wade? You don't remember that, do you, Todd? You were, I was young whenever that happened. What it was is there's this woman, they call her John, uh, yeah, they call, called her uh, Jane Doe, uh, but uh, she later came out as to who she was and has regretted being involved in this era since that time has become a, uh, a, a, uh, a, teaching of the, a teacher of the gospel there, you know, that she proclaims the gospel now. Uh, but what happened with that case, they took a young girl who got pregnant out of wedlock and was in uh, a... Uh, you know, state or frenzy because she didn't know and especially back then they didn't have any programs or anything to help women that had gotten into that they just had programs to help women get into that kind of trouble that was um, the um, had classes in the school teaching girls how to do that thing and they wound up having children they wound up having children out of wedlock so in the schools were teaching them how to do it and and that uh, they said that was to help them not to get pregnant, but they, they wound up, the rate of pregnancy became, ex, began to explode because they started having those classes. Uh, those are called sex education classes. Uh, so they, they had those classes in the public schools, and that's one of the reasons. And you don't have to, even if they go to public schools, you don't have to let your children get, go to them. But they, uh, they have them there, and they started teaching them, and so a bunch of girls started getting pregnant. Well, this one girl started get, got pregnant, and uh, she was frantic and everything and so somebody said here we'll help you some people come together and she's underage and so they said uh, this girl needs to have an abortion because she's pregnant out of wedlock and they, the state said no so they took the, the 
took it up to the ladder in the states, and then went to the federal courts, and finally wound up at the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court said, well, the Texas law doesn't matter. This is what's going to be the law. Does the Supreme Court have the authority to do that? No. They have the right to decide whether the law is constitutional or not, and that's it. And they have the right to determine that, uh, if this woman, if what this woman wanted to do was legal or not legal. It was illegal what she wanted to do. The state of Texas had declared it to be murder, and they, they overthrew the murder laws of the state of Texas. Uh, recently in Louisiana, they had a, a law that they had come up with that if um, a girl under 13 got molested, it would be the death penalty. The um, Supreme Court also overthrew that. Why? What's the grounds for it? It certainly isn't on precedent because every state has had um, a capital punishment for um, rape laws. A lot of them have had that. And so if Louisiana wanted to say if someone under 13 was molested, they would be the, the person that did it would be put to death. They have every right to make that law. The Supreme Court passed it over. Why, why else should we do that? How about uh, um, uh, O'Hare, Madeline Murray O'Hare? That was even sooner. That was back in the 60s, when it, uh, right before I started going to school. But she uh, was an atheist. She wanted to go to Russia, and Russia said, we don't want your kind over here, because she always lived on the, uh, the welfare system. She didn't work. She said, we don't want your kind over here. She was a communist. She was an atheist. And her uh, son is now a preacher, by the way. And so she uh, defies a Texas law that has uh, children in school praying, that the teacher would start the, the day in school with prayer. And so he, they said, well, we, we think that that is, um, uh, uh, violates the First Amendment. How does praying violate the First Amendment? It doesn't. It said the Congress shall make no, first, that's, that's the first thing. It says Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of uh, a, a church um, or um, uh uh, denying the freedom of, of worship. Okay, so now uh, Congress didn't make that law. The state of Texas did. It wasn't a law. It was just something that the school did. But it was permitted under Texas law. Uh, and every school had that, by the way. Now, I'm not saying that a person that doesn't believe like you should have to stay in the classroom while they're praying, but by the same token, everybody else wants the prayer, wants to be in the prayer, and they, the teacher needs prayer, especially nowadays, uh, the students they face. You know, students need prayer. They should be allowed to pray. They should be allowed to read the Bible. They should be allowed to do whatever uh, the, the, the community allows. That community is their school. It's not the government school. It's the community school. And homeschool beats it all. But, you know, there, there's nothing wrong with hiring a teacher to teach your children if you so choose to do so. Uh, but uh, the, these, this uh, woman said that it, it was violated the separation of church and state. The word separation of church and state is not in the Constitution, by the way. It was in a letter that uh, Thomas Jefferson wrote. 
but they said there should be, uh, he said that there needed to be a wall of separation that was preventing the state from interfering with the church. And that's what that said. And how now, praying? No, a praying is not church. Praying is praying. The Bible is not church. The Bible is the Bible. You're not saying, well, you need to be a Baptist, you need to be a Catholic, you need to be whatever. Uh, you know, the teacher's not doing it, the state's not paying the teacher to do that. So that has nothing, you know, a teacher praying before a school starts has nothing to do with church and state. They brought that up to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court violated all precedent it had up to that point. Because all precedent, all the precedent found that they you have Bible and prayer in school. All precedent. Precedent means what comes before. Alright, so all the, all the uh, cases they had uh, done before it said prayer belonged in school. Bible belonged in school. And then they did it. Well, it could cause psychological damage to the child, so no more prayer in school. I remember when I was in first grade that they, uh, the pre the teacher said, we used to pray before we uh, went to the cafeteria to eat. The, you know, she she said that before they would go, they would ask for a blessing for the food. The teacher would, and uh, but then they they stopped it. Why should we be interested in getting out from under the federal government and such a thing? It's because of that. The meddling in other people's affairs. Uh, let me tell you about a way that uh, they meddle in other people's affairs. We have the, uh, the mail war. You ever heard of that? The mail war. Of course you haven't heard of it. They don't teach it in school. You know why they don't teach it in school? They don't want you to know about it. They don't know what you know what these people are doing. They had a... <coughs> the. Um, people in the north, especially in New England, and they say that uh, hell for a New Englander is a place where you have to go mind your own business. So uh, these people in New England were uh, interfering with what was going on in the south. These people, uh, these New Englanders went and bought slaves. They would go to, uh, they get run from Jamaica, take it up there, and they would uh, make it into uh, rum they take it down to Africa and they trade the rum to get slaves. So what, you're, you're giving them something that's going to destroy their society and getting slaves for it. So they were boozers and then they pick buy the slaves, they come back and they would sell them the slaves uh, until the uh, 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 nation made against the law, because it's in the Constitution specifically that at a certain date there would be no more importation of certain persons and that's slaves. So they, they, the Constitution and the slave trade, these Yankees made the money off of it. Then uh, when slavery became unprofitable up north, because north is all about money, okay? So when it became unprofitable up north, they would uh, sell them down the river. Have you ever heard that saying? Somebody says, oh, he got sold down the river, that's what they did. They take their slaves, they didn't free them. They sold them to the state down for the south and, and so that they wouldn't lose the money. Then once they had all the slaves out of their country and just had some free blacks they kept in a the ghetto, they um, said, you people down there are horrible for having slaves. Well, who brought the slaves over? Do you know, no slave was ever brought to this country under a Confederate flag. All Yankees? All, it's all on American flag. The South, when they got started, they said there will be no slave trade. There will be, we will not have slaves brought to this country. They are all brought by American flags. 
every ship that brought slaves brought them under an American flag. You know, of course the British did too, but uh, no Confederates brought, you know, they said the Confederate flag's about racism. We didn't bring any slaves here. So the, the Yankee flag. It was the Yankee flag, that's right. Oh, so that now, means we... That's enough. All right, so, um, but then they began meddling in the affairs of the South. It says, you need to get rid of your slaves. Well, they sold slaves down there. And the South was getting rid of their slaves. Slowly but they but have slowly. to take, it takes a slow process. You take somebody who came from a country that had um, no kind of civilization, didn't even wear clothes, and brought, bring them here. They have to be taught to wear clothes and uh, taught to how, how to do agriculture. And they became experts at the, those things, by the way. They became experts at agriculture, spinning, um, making cotton clothes. Yeah, yeah, the running the cotton gins. And uh, they uh, uh, became experts with uh, carpentry and barbers. A lot of the barbers in the South were black. Free, a lot of the free blacks were, were barbers. So <clears throat> they became experts at these things and they were gradually becoming free as they understood how to take care of themselves outside of the plantation. But because of the um, um, interference from the North, the, it, 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 it stalled, it didn't happen. It would have happened 10 years before the Civil War had the North not uh, gotten involved. Then what did they do? They did the mail war. Okay, so what they did, they started getting these pamphlets that told about the um, um, the violent overthrow of the masters in uh, Haiti. Of course, a lot of those French in Haiti wound up coming to the United States to flee from this uh, uh, insurrection, slave insurrection. And we just, and by the way, if you look at Haiti today, how well did that insurrection work for them people? They've been in a miserable state from the time they started till this day. They're, uh, they practice voodoo, they, um, it's violent, it's, they starve, uh, they, uh, it's a third world country in spite of uh, it being one of the most uh, heavily funded uh, country from foreign aid. So we see how good that uh, that violent overthrow did. But they would publish these reports about what they did to circulate among the Negroes in the South to get them to do an insurrection. Now, what is that? Remember that? He that soweth discord among brethren. These uh, blacks and whites went to church together. They're brethren. They took care of each other. They were in, uh, 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 they were in agreement with each other about how they would treat one another. So was there some people that didn't? Sure. There's some people up north that didn't treat each other very well. They didn't treat the Irish very well. They didn't treat the new immigrants very well. They put them into a factory working 16 hours a day. 16 hours. Not 12, but 16. The average black didn't work very often, except maybe during harvest time, more than 9 hours a day. And they worked in the sunshine. They so they were in, very in a, healthy. Yeah, they were very healthy. They were more healthy than the whites up north. So, uh, you yeah, they were meddling in other people's fear. They started this mail war. They were trying to get these blacks to rise up and kill their white masters. It wasn't enough that they wanted these uh, slaves to be free without paying the southern for the, uh, for the slaves. 
They also want them to rise up and kill. That's these people that meddle. You say, what difference does that make now? Because they're doing the same thing now. If you don't learn from history, you won't learn. They started the mill where they started sending these uh, pamphlets down, trying to get them into the hands of blacks so that they would uh, rise up and kill the white masters. Then you have John Brown. John Brown came, and he came with 2,000 iron pikes. He was going to um, seize the armory at uh, Harper's Ferry. This was his plan. He's going to seize the uh, um, arsenal at Harper's Ferry, get guns, then they would know how the, these 20 people that came down with him would know how to use the guns, and then they would put these pikes in the hands of these um, slaves that were going to rise up in revolts against their masters. Because they just knew that these blacks were going to rise up in revolts against their masters. That's what they wanted. They wanted their freedom. They wanted to kill their masters. They knew that, right? They went there and, and they went to the neighborhoods to try to get these blacks to, you know, they, he had some blacks with him and the blacks were going to the, free, the, the enslaved blacks and saying, hey, come on, join where you're going to make you free. You know, not one joined them. Not one wanted to get into this violent overthrow. That means his whole idea about what the South was like was wrong. Remember that? I shall not bear false witness against thy neighbor. That's what Uncle Tom's cabin was, false witness. That's what all they, they, were, they were saying that the Southerners were doing. They said they were beating them and working them to death and this, that, and the other thing. No, they didn't do that kind of thing. They, you don't get work out of people that way. And so they came down there, and what his idea was, he was going to go down there, start this big insurrection, he's going to get these 2,000 armed ne uh, Negroes, and they were going to use their pikes and then kill all the whites, and then they would take over all the South because everybody was just going to flock to him and join to him. And then he was going to go up north and take over Washington, D.C., and he had his own constitution already written up about this new constitution, and he was going to take over this country. Now, was John Brown white? Yes, he was. And yet he wanted to kill off whites. Yes, he did. The southern whites. The northern whites were all right. Now, let me let me point out something else to you while I'm at this. Uh, at about this time, there was a man in um, from Germany. He was in England. He, he's buried in England now. His name was Karl Marx. Karl Marx started the idea of Marxism, communism. And what his thing was is that he was going to stir up the proelia. That's the common white working per or the common working person, I should say. It doesn't matter what country you're in, the common working person, because most of the, 90% uh, um, of the people have 10% of the wealth, and 10% of the people have 9% of the wealth, and the 10% of the people that don't have the wealth are the ones who are making the other 10% rich, okay? So that's what he said, okay, the, all these people are going to rise up, and we'll have violent overthrow. You know, remember I taught you about communism from Proverbs chapter 1, let's all have one person, let's take away the lives of the owners thereof. He said, we're going to have the, a violent revolution. And then after the revolution, we'll set up this communism. And then after the, the communism is set up by a totalitarian government, then it will gradually fade away because it won't be needed anymore. Now, you know that once a politician gets into power, they stay in power. Mm -hmm. All right, so we got Karl Marx. He said that there had to be a violent revolution for communism to come in. 
And I was, I've been taught ever since I was in school that there's this violent revolution that the communists want to have in the United States. They want, they're wanting it, they're stirring it up, and they're, they're doing it right now, by the way. Mm -hmm. But let me tell you what, that war already happened. That war was a civil war. And so you had the German 48ers, they, were, they had fought for, to try to bring in this uh, revolution, it failed, and they had to run for their lives, and they came to the United States, the United States received them with open arms, uh, uh, Abraham Lincoln made a, a, a German printing press a newspaper to give to these people, he learned some German phrases to speak to them, these Marxists saw a great potential in Abraham Lincoln because he didn't care for the... Um, uh, constitution and he wanted to set up a powerful central government and they were all for that. Honest Abe seems to have turned dishonest. <laughs> he, was, he was as crooked as a dog's hind leg. So what happens? Abraham Lincoln comes into the office, you know, based upon all these lies, this foment, this, the people up north hating the people in the south, the people in the south said, just leave us alone. And then they start, they, then they come, they start this, uh, try to start a slave revolt. And, and they tried it by the mail war first, and they did it by this direct action by um, John Brown, who uh, his family said he was n is insane. It's, they asked for pl uh, clemency because he was insane. I think the people that followed him were more insane. Pe people that are thought of as being genius, like uh, Thoreau and Ralph uh, Waldo Emerson. Hey. Grant, yeah, well, Grant didn't follow uh, um, him, and Grant was not considered a great intellectual either. Uh, he was just a good soldier, but and he wasn't even that. He's a, he wasn't a good soldier either because he he, he suffered a lot of death for his men that that a, a better leader would not have had. Like Robert Edward Lee Jensen, yeah. mm -hmm. or uh, McClellan even. So what happens? He comes in and he suspends the habeas corpus, which the president does not have the ability to do. He shuts down newspapers. He has preachers arrested for not praying for him. He forbids Bibles from being, um, uh, that's part of the embargo, the Bibles and medicine and food could not come into the South. And it's accepted even in a country that we hate and that, or that, that's at war with us, you allow food to come in. You allow medicine to come in. And why on earth would you not want Bibles to come in? Because those people that read the Bibles down south believed what they were reading. So, they're meddling in somebody else's affair. They start this foment to, to make uh, war among brethren. And what happens? Death, death, and death. More, and more death. There was, uh, uh, they say that the death happened on the same uh, scale as uh, now is what happened then there would be 20 million deaths could you imagine a war where the United States had 20 million people die in one day and, well, no, in, in, in a, over the co course of four years but still for tw that many then people then we have an even bloodier day than the battle at Antietam yes it would have been where in four hours of hard fighting, 8,000 men died. Mm -hmm. So, uh, we'd have like 80,000. Yeah, so it's a, it's a, it was, it's a very bloody war. And that, you got not only 
the um, six hundred thousand, and that's a low estimate. You not only had that that died in the war, but after the war, people dying from starvation, and from and people that were hideously mutilated during the war, losing arms and legs and uh, having scars on them. Uh, you had, um, and then you had people that um, died from violence uh, during the military occupation of the South. After that, death, death, death. And more. Said, they said you never left the Union, but you can't rejoin the Union until you pass these laws. These uh, uh, the the Thirteenth, Fourteenth, and Fifteenth Amendment. You can't jo uh, rejoin the Union until you uh, support these. Because they didn't have enough votes up north to get the uh, um, amendments changed. So they said to the people in the South, you're going to join, you have to uh, ratify these amendments. We so, never left. And they said you never left. But you can't join. And then they had a military occupation. So there's more death, more death, more death. And then there's hatred, there's division among the brethren. They came down there with the Union Leagues and started getting people divided by that. So you have a communist overthrow. First, it happened during the Civil War, because the uh, Constitution was trampled upon, and the Tenth Amendment means nothing because of this overthrow. And that was also the start of um, the um, crooked money system that we have now, about uh, taking loans and everything, and uh, taking money that you get from taxes from one place and using it to help somebody else. So you use it to destroy one group of people and you use it to build up another group of people so you can get your votes. That started with the Civil War. Alright, how else do we get? How about uh, Roosevelt later on? Theodore, not Theodore Roosevelt, but um, F um, F Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Yes, they says his name was really Franklin Deficit Roosevelt because he, he did all that deficit spending. Deficit spending is when you spend more money than you have. All right, so wow, uh, really? he went, yeah, he, he did a lot of that deficit spending. The government does that all the time. They say, well, we don't have money for enough, so they just get it printed up. There's no gold that backs our money. It's what they call fiat money. I say that this is money, therefore it is money. Uh, so, wow, <laughs> so we haven't even got the gold. We don't have gold, we don't have silver, we don't have... Uh, you know what's backing it is the uh, trees. Amer America land. The land of America is what backs the and trees. Oh, cotton. Oh, <laughs> cotton, cotton and linen. That's what the the dollar bills are made. Of. And sometimes it's just electronic numbers in a computer. So uh, you don't even see have uh, um, paper passing hands. So um, Roosevelt wanted to. Um, and Roosevelt brought in a lot of communist uh, practices. He wanted to bring in these new programs and everything else. And uh, uh, in order to do it, he had to have a state of emergency, right? So he could use his uh, uh, wartime powers. So you know who he declared war on? Japan? No. U.S.? No. Germany? No. The U.S.? The U.S. people, the people of the United States. He declared war on the people of the United States citizens so that he would have wartime power so he could overthrow the Constitution and bring in communism. So therefore he's not an American. He was no longer an American. 
Well, he was an American, but he was fighting the Americans. He had his own little civil war with no blood. All right. Um, how about the uh, 60s? Civil rights movement. Now, okay, there was some things that need to be changed in our society and whatnot, but you didn't have to overthrow. The, you know how they overthrew the, the, the uh, laws of the South? Now, it didn't matter that the North was doing the same thing. They just did it in the South. You know how they overthrew the laws in the South? By the Interstate Commerce Law. The inter Interstate Commerce Law. That just says if a truck's going from one state to another, they, there has to be one law for it. Instead of having every state have a different law for the truck driver to have to figure out. And so uh, uh, they use that and say, well, you, you buy food from over here, therefore we can, uh, for your restaurant, therefore we can control your restaurant. If you buy food from out of the state. So anybody that buys something out of the state, that means that we can control your business. <laughs> you, you tell me how they come up with that for an idea. So we had the Civil Rights War. Now, like I said, there was some things that needed to be changed. But what was happening, once again, they went to people who are a minority and told them that they were being badly treated and stirred them up to violence. Martin Luther King was a socialist. Really? So... Yeah, yeah. Um, then his um, marches were, were... Well, they were promoting uh, Marxism. Now, like I said, he did have some things that was right about him there, but he, he was, uh, he, was uh, he did not believe that Jesus Christ was God. He didn't believe in the Trinity. So he died and went to hell. And he had a very lurid wicked private life that nobody knew about until they just recently released some of it. They haven't released all mm -hmm. of it. So what happens with this? Death again. Death again. Then we have um, Obama coming in. Oh, no, not being and not he, American. And he uh, was not even a citizen of this nation, and he overthrows the Constitution by becoming a president in violation of the Constitution. You got the Black Lives Matter. What is this? Yeah. You, uh, that's like uh, uh, someone at work was telling me they saw a video where um, uh, police were being condemned because they went up to a car and the uh, uh, people in the car pulled out guns, so the police pulled out guns. They told them to get out of the car and they had them laying down on the sidewalk. And that's standard process, right? Mm -hmm. And there's two minor children. I don't know exactly, but they were little children two little children that was in this group in this car. They said, well, these police shouldn't pull, have pulled out guns with these kids in the car. Who do you think you are? What kind of insanity is that? If you have kids in the car, you don't pull out guns if you care about their safety. Exactly. That's like they, uh, uh, back in the um, 90s, I remember reading that they had some, the police pulled over a car. That's when they had all those uh, um, car meth labs. Uh, you know, the, they, they're doing that. They'd have a meth lab inside of a car. They pulled over the car, and they said that the uh, they were using they used uh, propane, propane gas to make this. You gonna make something out of propane and then stick it in your veins, or snort it, or whatever they do with that meth? No, no, they uh, they they pop in the veins. And you're gonna tell me <laughs> that, that you know, you're you're they're explosive. You're not very, yeah. Well, so, the, but the, the gas was leaking from the propane tank and it said that the gas was so in, intense that the children's tears, 
eyes were in tears. You know, the, the, these people don't care about their own children. Mm -hmm. They don't care about the safety of their children, and you want to uh, condemn the police? This is the kind of people that the police deal with on a daily basis. Someone pulls out a gun and aims at the police, the police kill him. Oh, the police shouldn't have shot him? Well, what are they supposed to do? Oh, here, let me take off my, uh, just wait while I take off my bulletproof vest so you can shoot me? Yeah. Yeah, well, this, you know, I mean, that's insanity. Why, why, why are they doing that? They want to get rid of the police protection. They want to create chaos in this country. You look at Chicago. There is violence unbelievable. You look at Portland. Violence unrestrained. Daily practice for over a year with nobody doing anything to them. They're creating the chaos so that they can have somebody come and cure the chaos. And then, what a wonderful government. Mm -hmm. Like when they shut down all the businesses. They shut down all the businesses in the United States there and said, we got to close down the economy. And then all these people are needing money. And then they send them a check and, and uh, they said, well, here, we've come through for you. So people lose <laughs> six, seven, eight thousand dollars and they send them two thousand dollars. You know, or they lose their business altogether and they send them a two thousand dollar check. We've, they created the problem, and then they say, we're, we're, we're uh, coming through to help you get mm -hmm. out of this problem that we have created. And, of course, when they're doing that, they're going to, uh, the economy's got, you can't keep printing money like that forever. Sooner or later, it's going to bottom out. And, um, you know, so, uh, but that's, the communism has come because of these people meddling in other people's affairs. They had Roe versus Wade, we mentioned that earlier overthrew our okay, so what does this do? What does Roe versus Wade do? That means you kill people. What you know you know one of the big economic problems the United States has right now is taking care of the elderly. Uh, you know they, they told them they told them that um, uh, you, you, uh, we're going to start with the Social Security. Social Security is communism, okay? That was brought in with uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. So we're going to bring in Social Security uh, to help you out. Now, people, the, uh, the elderly did have it hard, okay, uh, back then. But it could have been done by the people, by uh, uh, better... Um, investments and better insurance programs or whatever that people did rather than the government doing it. If you let the government do it, you can guarantee that the thing's not going to work right, especially mm -hmm. if they're taking your tax money to do it because, oh, we got this tax money and it's sitting in this uh, account for you. Oh, we need it to spend on something else. And that's exactly what they've done. So, and what what they do? They, they get this um, uh, Planned Parenthood. They are at an agreement with death. That organization is all about death. You, they have that um, one cult in um, Mexico, uh, Santa Morte. Santa Morte. That's a uh, Saint Death, and they worship death, and they kill and they murder people. That is no different than Planned Parenthood. Not one bit. The only difference between them and Planned Parenthood is they're honest. So Planned Parenthood comes in and says, we need to teach people how to not have children. They had some, uh, somebody did a lot of miscalculations and said that 
the earth would be populated beyond what it was able to um, um, sustain through food and everything. Look, the earth is populated way beyond whatever this guy said it would do. And he keep, they keep bringing the same fellow up, his figures and everything. They keep bringing the same thing up. But it got way uh, we've gone way beyond whatever that population was. And uh, we still have plenty because the guy figured it wrong. God's going to provide for the people he created. All right, and so what happens? We stopped populating, but the uh, state of Mexico did not stop populating. The Muslims have not stopped populating. The, uh, the uh, people in India have not stopped populating. The Chinese did not until the communists forced them to stop populating. So what happens is these other countries have huge populations, and we have declined. In order to keep your population... At its just at a current level, you have to have at least three children. On the average per family, at least three. Because if you have four people, two sets of parents, and they have one child, these two get married, well, you have not replaced. Uh, that means there's two people have not been replaced, right? Okay, so, and then these two people get uh, married and have one child. That's another person. So you've lost three people by doing this one child per, per family. And that's how that goes. And then you lose your uh, ability to keep your civilization constant. So All right. are you losing like three people at least a minute? Well, uh, not exactly like that, but per generation. You're losing three people per generation. Okay, so... They teach that. You know, oh, don't, you know, this is how you keep from having children. And oops, you had a child, just kill it. It's not convenient to have the child. That's what they always say. It's not convenient. This poor woman is going to have a terrible life because because she made a decision. And if you sleep, go to bed with the uh, flea, dogs, you're going to wake up with the fleas. You make your bed, you sleep in it. They don't say those sayings very much anymore. Have you noticed that? You don't hear that very much. You made your bed, now you sleep in it. And, you know, I feel sorry for these people that have wound up doing that and everything for uh, men that don't take responsibility for taking care of their children and whatnot. But it's their own fault. And it's the people who have taught them it's their fault. And it should not be a burden on the rest of us to have to pay for somebody to have a murder committed. So they teach these girls to have murder. And that makes them callous against life. And when they, uh, so what? Now you got a big population of the elderly and a small population of the young. Who, you know, the elderly can't work anymore and they have the expenses of uh, medical needs and everything. And then of course they, they inflate those. And that's another sermon in and of itself. They don't care about um, helping people. They care about making money. And so they, they, they make all this stuff and everything and these surgeries and everything and they have to have more and more and more stuff done. And, that, and you know, they were originally expecting that people would live to be about 62 and then uh, they retire at 62 and they die by the time they were 65. That was the original thing. They had 17 people working for every person on, well, on um, uh, Social Security. Now I have one person working for every person that's on Social Security. How do you pay for this? We'll raise the uh, retirement age. 
Uh, and, then, and then, of course, they like I said, they'd, st they'd stolen all the money uh, to begin with. So we have a cult of death. It's working against the elderly. We've got to kill off the elderly. We've got to kill off the children. We got that. Then they make that an acid test for the judges. He said, they don't care about whether this judge is constitutional or not. They say, what do you think about abortion? It's then, sin. It's sin, right. So the, but that's the question they ask all the time. What do you think about abortion? That doesn't matter. Anything else, what they believe is, what do you think about abortion? So you got um, uh, division is created. They say that abortion is the most divisive issue since slavery. The abolitionists and the abortionists had, are, are one and the same because you got one group of people wanting to force their views on another part of the, the country. Now, if uh, let's say California, they're the first state to allow legal abortions, and by the way, it was signed in by uh, Reagan. But uh, so he had, he uh, in California, if you uh, um, veto law and then it uh, gets they override your veto you have to sign in the law so but he is the first one to sign in the law so um, um, and this was a person everybody thought was going to get up there and get make abortion illegal and he didn't do it he didn't do a thing he just made it more legal now, he, he didn't do anything he didn't make it more less he didn't do anything just like every president who said they're going to do something about the abortion issue has done nothing we got to have somebody to really stick to their word. Well, yeah, that'd be a nice. A real gentleman. Yep, that'd be nice. But they, they've gotten, they've done that to get the votes. And, but, and really, what can the president do? He doesn't have the constitutional authority to do any of that. Oh, he doesn't? No. He can't make, a, make it against the law to do that. What about governors? But the, the, the governor does, yeah. I mean, the, the, the legislature of the state does, but then they bring it to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court doesn't have the authority. Now, what the, the, uh, um, the Congress could do is say, you will not hold any, uh, you will not take those, because you can tell them what uh, cases they take and don't take. Did you know that? Legislature can tell them, you, the Supreme Court, they will not take these cases. You will not take any case that deals with um, abortion. They could have done that. So, I, but anyway, but they make division. They use force to, and they'll, they'll bring in their uh, the national guard. They bring in uh, everything to force people to do something that is wrong and overthrow the states' rights. And what did we get? Death, death, death. And more. There have been. Um, uh, there's more people die from abortion than die from coronavirus. There's more people die from abortion. Uh, I think next to the car wrecks, there's more people die from that than anything else in the United States. And they bring all this death. You know, of course, liquor brings death too with the the car wrecks, by the way. Uh, but you know, the uh, laws are what the laws are. We we did our best to fight it. So, uh, but it's all a culture of death. And they think that they will get away with it, and I'd like to say now they will not get away with it. They, they may never get any punishment here on the earth, and you know what? That's fine. Because God is the one that's going to do the final judgment 
and take care of all that. And we'll stop it.